Welcome to Our Tribe, the podcast that sits down with Jewish professionals and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, share their advice, and bear their Jewish souls. Now here's your host, Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Welcome back to Our Tribe, the podcast. I am Tuvia Kopstein. This intro is going to be a little longer than normal, but as you see, it has to be. This is our season finale, episode 44 of season one of Our Tribe, the podcast. Folks, we've come a long way. If you listen to some of the earlier episodes, you see a little rough on my side, no fault of the guests, but we've learned a lot in the process, especially we grew from constructive criticism or even harsh criticism, which always helps you grow if you take it the right way. And in this episode, we have the treat of his first ever podcast appearance, David Schatzkammer, known to the world as Shotzi. Shotzi is somebody who fits into no box that was ever manufactured. He is a serial entrepreneur. He is somebody who runs a job gemach, which where he is helping people looking for jobs and careers connect them with the people that are hoping to staff, staff positions, which is normally a, a full-time job, a full-time employment for most for a lot of people, but Shotzi does it for free as a kindness. Shotzi is a licensed play therapist. He is a musician. He's somebody who has a very widely followed WhatsApp status where he's dropping parental advice and common sense, common sense advice about how to be a mensch, how to be a good person. He's dropping healthy use of technology advice and as much as Shotzi reveals on this episode, there's so much more about him that he doesn't reveal, and he wanted it that way. In the episode notes, you'll find a link to a status where you can learn a lot more about him. And this episode was is sponsored Le'ilui Nishmas David Ben Mordechai, the father of our good friend Shlomo Mordechaiev, who reached out to me with the idea of having Shotzi on the podcast. Shlomo, we appreciate that idea very much. It was great. And also sponsored by Moshe Eliezer Halevi Ben Bela in appreciation for all of the kindness that Shotzi does for the world. And one more item before we get to Shotzi is that the podcast fellowship is behind the engine behind our tribe, the podcast. Podcast fellowship is a rapidly growing Jewish young adult outreach nonprofit where we're helping Jewish young adults connect to the Jewish heritage understanding the classic teachings of Judaism by connecting them to local mentors, no matter where the students are in the world, podcastfellowship.org. Check it out. And now we bring you our tribe, the podcast with David Schatzkammer. David Schatzkammer, Schatzi. Okay, we're thrilled to be here with you, David. How are you doing? Thank God. Okay. No, even even for me to be on screen is like a whole new phenomenon to me. Right. I'm I'm typically very shy or social anxiety or like it's not it's not my typical thing. Like it's definitely out of my comfort zone. Um big time. And I think one person who I guess recently helped me shift in a way to getting a little bit more comfortable or a little bit of a mindset shift was when her name is Rachel Eden. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, we worked together doing some business coaching for entrepreneurs and along the way, she's helped me in terms of being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Okay. Very good for her. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I met with her once. She says she's doing great work. I can tell. 
Okay, so so David, what is it that you do? I know you do a lot of things. You told me what can you share with us about your what you're doing professionally in in, in all those areas you want to share? You know, I remember once I was on a phone call. I think it was like eleven thirty at night, and Beryl Solomon called me up. Okay. I want to know, like, what do I do? Like, what does Shotzi do? Like, I don't get, you know, which is a common theme, you know? <clears throat> so I told Beryl, I said, that's a very loaded question. After 30 minutes talking to him, he told me, you're right. That's a very loaded question. <laughs> so what can you tell us? We got, we got some time here, as much time as you want to give us. People ask me, like, okay, so what do you actually do? And then they ask me, like, how do you do what you do? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we want to know. We have to first know what it is before we yeah. <laughs> know how to do it. <laughs> I guess by profession, I'm a licensed therapist, um, and my specialty is play therapy. I see kids between ages of three and about eight, mm-hmm. and I'm very niche. Niche, you know. What I mean, I'm only a therapist for kids. I'm only a therapist for kids that are three to eight, and I'm specifically, my mode of treatment is play therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to I want to find out more about ther- play therapy, but before before that, let's talk about some of the other things that you're doing that you'd like to share. That, that, that's one aspect I do. I also work. I'm also director of business development for a special education company, where I help them bring in more revenue, writing different grants, expanding across different states, and it's a really good environment. I could flex my muscles. I could be creative. It's not, you know, it's a place where you could, I could be me. And when I'm me in terms of I could be comfortable with just being who I am in whatever situation I am, there's a lot of creativity, a lot of thinking outside the box, a lot of creating value. And it's a very nice environment to be in, you know. Okay. That's my, that's my typical full-time job. I also, I also do coaching, like I said, with Rachel Eden. We help entrepreneurs who are typically feeling stuck, don't know where to go, how to get to the next level, creating more strategy, mindset shifts, and to really accelerate in the business that they're doing. So I've been doing that with her for, I think it's almost a year, maybe. Like a year and a year. New pursuit, okay. So we do that together with her. Um, Part of also what I do is I do some project consulting. So typically people ask me, okay, I need so-and-so. I need to open up a business in Florida. Can you get me started? So I typically, I typically work those kind of, those kind of clients where I take a fee per month. I work with them as much as I can in terms of what the scope of the project is. And then I deliver whatever they need to deliver. So that's typically, that's what I do on the side. If I feel I need to bring on more assistance, I would outsource whatever I need done. So I help. Like I have a team of people that I could tap into. Oh, for the in project. The, in terms the of the project consulting. Like they want like, you know, somebody wanted a license in Florida and California. And they said, okay, so I'm paying you for this. Set things up and also help me with operations. Okay, so I, I tapped into a colleague of mine. Let's do this together. We'll provide him whatever he needs. And within three months, he got what he wanted. Uh-huh. Okay. Got it. Very good. And you're also, uh, you're also a musician. Okay. I'm also a musician. I played a piano for about 
I don't know, 20 something years probably now. Um, I started late, like, I mean, usually people start when they're kids, like, you know, seven years old, six years old. I kind of started probably when I was 15, around after my bar mitzvah, my father said, just try it, see what you like or not, and the rest is history. Um, music is definitely a major part of my life. I don't think I go a day without playing. Um, typically, even during Sphere, I play, you know. The only time I don't play is probably during the nine days. Um, I'm just like, okay, I'm asking, like, for nine days I could survive and have that shop is maybe whatever, so I could go. But music is like definitely a, a constant. Um, even though I took lessons for, like, many years, I went back to taking lessons. Wow. So you're taking lessons now? I'm taking lessons now, yeah. Uh-huh, okay. And when and you like, say music, you mean... Like, like, and people ask me, like, why are you taking lessons for? Like, you kind of know how to play. Like, they see what I play and whatever I'm saying, you know? Um... I don't know, I just like the fact of, let's say, going back and seeing what I missed. Or, like, it's just fun for me, you know? I don't do anything I don't enjoy. I mean, I'm not driven by fortune. Unfortunately, I'm not driven by money. If I'm having fun doing it, I'm doing it. You know, like, and people ask me, like, you know, in business, too. Like, people ask me, yeah, I'm going to start this business. You're going to make a million dollars, whatever. But it's the most boring thing out there. I am not interested. Like, don't bother. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm you're not interested to... in helping such a person who has who's who's who has the money on the mind, or you're not interested in doing it yourself. I'm not doing it myself. I don't want to do it if I'm not enjoying it. Right. You know, I mean, people are giving you, offering you different businesses to get into. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really interested. In it. You know, I want to. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy doing it. I want to create value, and I just want certain things are just not interesting to me. I'm not. I'm not. You know. Certain things excite me, certain things don't excite me, you know. If it's not, I don't care how much money you're going to give. It's just not, it's not drawing to me, mm-hmm. you know. My play and fun really is the foundation of what I do, you know. I like to say play is more of an attitude, you know, where play is a feeling where you're just fully present, you're focused, you're in your own world. Nothing else exists. Hmm. And there's so much creativity going on. There's so much you could problem solve in that f- zone of, you know, genius, you want to call it, you know, where it's just, you just tapped into like full potential. Can I share you with something, idea, a deep idea I heard that I think it, that connects to what you're saying? That it says, uh, there's a medrash that says that before the world was created, there was a Torah. There was Torah, and what did what did God do with Torah before there was a world to to learn Torah, keep Torah? He played with it. He's mishtasheya. So there's a, Rav Moshe Shapiro in in Eretz Israel who passed away a few years ago. When he was young, he was very close with Rabbi Dessler of Eliyahu Eliezer Dessler, one of the great Balim Musar. And he asked him, "What does that mean that God played with the Torah?" And he said that when you see a kid. Playing with a toy, a little kid playing with a toy. What is the what is the kid? If you ask the kid, what are you doing? Like, what's your agenda over here? <laughs> the kid would say, "What?" You know, I'm, I'm, kid wouldn't know what to answer. He's just playing <clears throat> with the toy for the toy itself, just the, with the joy of playing itself. Sure. They're saying that's the idea of being mishtasheya of 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 playing with something is that just to delight in the thing itself without any, yeah. you know, try, you're not trying to accomplish something else past right. that. Right. You know, Rachel Eden termed the term for me. You're the, like, she said, you're just purposelessness. 
you just you just are you know you just you just are wherever you are and there's no have to be a whole big you know plan even though I could do that and I'm good at that you know the operations but like this is a sense of like you just you just are where you are type of thing you know like mm-hmm. you just know like you're just playing with whatever is in front of you mm-hmm. you know at that very moment you know which is yeah it's cool it's cool uh, cool measures <laughs> But now, before we get into to, to like the details of your, your story and how you got to where you are, is there anything else? I know there are more things that you do, but uh, but you, I know you, you you like to keep a lot I, I, of things played, hidden. I played a violin too. I took okay. I started taking lessons violin. Um, I'm also a professional chef. Um, professional I, chef that means people hire you to make to make culinary. Yeah, creations. I've done I've done like high I do like small high end type of uh yeah. type of, type of uh, thing. One time I was. I made lamb nine different ways. I had a whiskey tasting menu with flesh, of course. Um, oh, with the lamb, no? Or with something else? That was no, with something else, but there was okay. lamb. Also. My lamb is my specialty. Lamb, okay. Yeah. Um, I went to school, culinary school, in between semesters of college. Like while I was on master's program learning therapy, in between semesters, I went to culinary school. This is very interesting. Okay. Um, and people know, I imagine based on what I see from you, what you're putting out there, people only know about this from word of mouth. Yeah. I don't advertise the yeah. company. Yeah, it's just like, no. you know, yeah. It's just a few people here and there. Like I'm, I'm not, it's not like business. It's more like a hobby of mine, you know? Okay. I enjoy cooking. It's the same thing. Like, like when I'm cooking, like nothing else exists. Like I'm just focused and I'm just having fun doing, creating new dishes and coming up with, concoctions and whatnot you know it's um you know it's it's fun you know drinks also you mixology i don't i don't do drinks i don't drink alcohol so i and i never i never had a, i never had a drink in my life so i wouldn't know you know wow wow <laughs> grape juice for kiddish you're saying grape juice for kiddish yeah grape juice for kiddish, all the way okay yeah <laughs> it was it. it was very difficult doing the pairing with the whiskey and the meat because i ah. don't drink Right, the amount the amount of research I went into the different whiskeys, pairing the flavors, the context, whatever, you know, it was definitely a challenge to figuring that out. Being because I don't drink, you know, mm. but it was it was well received, so it was good. Okay, <laughs> that's that sounds like ex- exceedingly difficult to uh, you know try to read up on things yeah. and figure out how they taste. Yeah, there was no <laughs> chat chat GPT back then, you know. <laughs> no, no, I guess not. <laughs> um, that's on the that's on the hobby side. Okay. I also I also own a Wait, well, one question, Josh, sorry to interrupt. The music, I know you're doing that for your own release, like you love it. it, it do you ever do that professionally? I did it when I was younger. I played bar mitzvahs, uh-huh. bracha, stuff like that. Yeah. People say so I know I I noticed people reach out to you for like, can you make the theme music on my commercial or whatever? Did you ever did you yeah. ever do you ever go through that? Do you ever do that for No, somebody? I never really know. No. So okay. Never. I mean I write my a lot of the way I write my own stuff, which is you know Maybe one day I'll put something out officially, but for uh-huh. now it's just more of um, having fun, you know, playing, you know. Got it. Um, okay, you're, uh, now I interrupted the thought. If you if you can come back to that. So another, another aspect, of what I do is I own a fashion accessory business, where we design, manufacture, and sell to about a thousand stores throughout the United States. What are you selling exactly? What's fashion accessories like? Barrettes? Like, like you know, bangles, necklaces, earrings. Uh-huh. Not the real jewelry, but like you know, fake stuff. But custom jewelry. Yeah, but it's in quantity, so it's, it makes some money. Uh-huh. Um, and I, for the most part, delegate everything. 
I don't really work on it too much now because I put systems in place where it's running on its own. I maybe put an hour or two a week maybe now. But, um, and that started out, I was working for a nonprofit and I had an intern with me. And we used to go for lunch, you know. And then we decided, instead of going for lunch, let's just open a business during lunch. And that's, <laughs> and that's how it started. That's the, the costume jewelry. Yeah, that's how it started. Wow. You know? And we're talking about manufacturing. We're talking about manufacturing, outsourcing to another yeah, country? Yeah, yeah overseas, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. China? Yeah. Taiwan? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had a whiteboard and then lunch was a business, you know? Wow. Yeah, it was. Def- you gotta teach me how to do that. Okay, well, maybe we'll learn in this podcast uh, what what, how, what yeah. that takes. Yeah. Okay. In the beginning, this in the beginning, I was working. I was up to like two, three in the morning. You know. Uh huh. What building each of these things? Like this business, I was yeah, because it was you know, this business, yeah, overseas because the time difference is uh-huh. twelve hours or more. You're sleeping and they're operating, so right. It was definitely a, a challenge. But um, okay. <clears throat> okay, so now, David, the, the <clears throat> big question is. Tell us, can you take us through the story? Like what kind of community did you grow up in? How did it lead to, I guess, the, the main thing, which is the therapy? And maybe there was something else before that. Tell, tell us, uh, you started telling us the story about how you got into this manufacturing, but I, we want to hear how like all this developed in, uh, we don't have, we don't have forever. I'm sure you should can, go you back. Talk. I go back to the day I was born and what happened there? <laughs> Let's go. If there's some, if there's a story there, you want to hear it. I, I, I told my, you know, I'm very good. I have a very good memory. I have kind of a, I don't know, a stickle photographic memory. So there's a joke with my kids. Like, I remember, I can remember very far back, you know, probably three, four years old. So I joke with them. I even remember the day I was born. <laughs> there's a big light. It's like, they're like joking. <laughs> I'm like, okay, very nice, you know. <laughs> um, I grew up in Canarsie, uh-huh. Brooklyn. Yeah. It was like a mix, probably a Jewish and an Italian made, basically. I was there for about for the first 14, 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And then the community shifted. It left, you know, people left and it was really, there's no one really, no one really um, exists there anymore. It was a, a Chabad home? You grew up in a Chabad home? No, I was. I grew up in a regular Litvish home, like a regular. Okay. Went to, no, went to Yeshiva, I'm saying. Um, We'll get to that point. Okay. Um, Did you grow up with Charlie Harari by any chance? No. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> so, like, for the first 15 years, I was in Canarsie. And today, I think the only Jew that lives there is probably my mother. <laughs> wow, she's still there. Okay. <laughs> she's a little bit. You must be a tough lady. She's just content. Okay. You know? Um, and then from 15... I moved to like Flatbush area, Marine Park. Mm-hmm. Now my I moved to Marine Park because my father lived in Marine Park. He moved there, and my mother stayed in Canarsie. My parents were divorced when I was about probably two. Mm. I don't remember. Um, I have no siblings, just me, myself, and I. Wow. Um, so that was, I guess, it's a good and bad. I guess I kind of made the best out of it. But I think I think what got me through, and still does, is I really value friendship, and I like to say that I surround myself with people that support me, inspire me, encourage me, 
and motivate me. The rest is just noise. I don't pay much attention. Okay. Um, and that's really like, you know, I've been, you know, there's, you've been around, like growing up with teenagers and whatnot, you go around with people doing a whole bunch of stuff that's not really appropriate, but it was never really, I was never really influenced because I just stayed around people who were like real and authentic, you know, mm-hmm. like not, not, nothing, not, not a bunch of like people trying to be who they're not or doing something else. So it was really, um, you're naturally drawn towards people that you felt were, were real. Yeah. And even now I'm saying like, you. it's more, I'm more like, I say what it is, you know, like, I, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. Like, you know, it's just, I don't beat around the bush, you know, I kind of say it as it is type of thing. It's just, and people, you know, some people are just not used to it. Like, like, what do you say? Like, do you, like, like I sometimes often I did say it in English. You know, like no is no, or I'm not interested is not. You know, like how else can I say it? You know, that get you in trouble sometimes. Huh? Is that being being perfectly not, 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 not really. Just people like okay, I'm not used to that. You know, uh-huh. I'm not used to like people being like real. Like I'm just like like I went to a bar mitzvah for a family. Yeah, I think my wife's family, and the person asked me how was the how was the event. I said it was boring. Mm-hmm. Boring. I said, "Do you ask the question?" I answered honestly. It was boring. I wasn't interested. I'm saying, you know, I'm saying anything bad. It just was boring for me. You know, that was no. the, that was your personal take. I hear it wasn't no. boring. You know, for somebody else might have been interested. Right. <laughs> I get it. Okay. So you're and 15. Then, you're in Marine Park. You're as a teenager. You're attracted to um, to the more the more real type of people. The people that encourage, yeah. inspire, support. Yeah. Okay. I think in terms of entrepreneur, I was always, I was always kind of like that. Like I remember like selling baseball cards out of my garage when I was like nine. Selling who was, food. The, who was the favorite player? I like Derek Jeter. Okay. Um, I have 150,000 baseball cards. You still have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People tell, people tell me I should sell, but I, I just can't, I can't, you know, I can't separate from them. It's just too much. Do you, do you go through them sometimes? Sure, I do. Yeah. Yeah, sure. In binders no, or in, in boxes? No, they're they're in they're in plastics and boxes. Yeah, and, plastic box. Yeah. Oh, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like people said, you can make. I could probably sell it for like. I could probably make twenty, thirty thousand off of my collection, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, it's I'm keeping it, you know. Okay. Um. So I always had that entrepreneur type of thing, like selling food, cards, you know, selling things out. Um. I think it's always been my thing to create. I think, I think in terms of a spiritual thing, I think Hashem makes us have that ability to create things, like partner with Him in the creation of what's going on. So I think it's ingrained in, in us to create things. And obviously, if you're creating things, you want to call it your entrepreneur type of thing. So I think it's ingrained in some our psyche in a way to do that kind of things, to be sharing to creating doing things valuing you know um then around when i was around i don't know 18 around there i started getting into more chassidus i guess okay starting getting chavusa learning with different people while you're in yeshiva right? yeah well, i was in yeshiva yeah. yeah i was in yeshiva like after i graduated high school probably it started a little bit more intense and this yeshiva, the yeshiva was was not a chas, no, no, yeshiva. 
Like hey, Lev Vishiva? No, you know, the uh, like base mattress. No, like he was, yeah. you know. And but you brought in, you you sought out Chavrusas who could teach you. Yeah, different places. Different I went to Khan Heights and playing with Chavrusas. Okay. Yeah. And I started getting more into, I guess, the deeper dimensions of Torah, as they say. Uh-huh. More like, you know. What, what brought you to that? What can you, can you pinpoint what, what brought that search? I guess realness, I guess more authenticity, more like deeper type of connection. Okay. Type of meaning for me. Just makes it made sense. I know, you know, I'm a big fan of the Balshamtov. So that was a really big, you know, I just like how, you know, how he personified things. He just the simple person, like you don't, there's so much, there's so much to the regular person that inside, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, you know. Mm-hmm. Really, really, everybody is has an nefesh of a kiss in their soul. Amazing, like we just changes by how we grow up or whatever. But in essence, we're all we're all so much more. We're all so much more capable. And sometimes we don't even know what our capabilities are. You know, yeah. me included. Like you know, it's just someone else can show us what we're capable of. Sometimes ourselves, we don't know what we're. What we could achieve, we probably could achieve far more than we can again imagine. You know, um, so that was that progression. I went to college for bachelor's. I was never a good student, so I always it took like a long time to get accepted. So I'm not the brightest when it comes to school, SATs, GRE, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of designed to quash your creativity, right? Yeah. To make you fall in line, right? right. <laughs> but I'm never. I'm. I'm always the person that's. I don't quit. You understand? Wow. I, I'd rather fail a million times and just and to never fail at all. Like, and I don't look at failure as as a failure. Like it's a, something bad. It's more of a learning opportunity for me. Like just bring it on, type of thing. You know? Like, okay, you fail. Like you know, I like to give example. When a kid starts walking, he falls down hundreds of times. You think the kid's thinking, oh, I'm depressed, I fell down, I'm a good for nothing. No, it doesn't even cross his mind. Back up. Back up. Doesn't even think twice about it. If he thought twice, he'll be still on the floor crawling until he's 20-something, you know? But that's like the attitude. Like, you fall, okay, get back up. Like, don't have time for, like, the past. Like, you know, you got to be in the goal. Like, you know, keep striving. And you fall down, kids fall hundreds of times. They still get back up. Eventually, they walk and they run, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of that's ingrained, I guess, in our how God made us, you know, ability to when we fall, we can just we can get back up, you know. Right. Yeah. I guess people, as they mature, they develop this this <clears throat> awful self consciousness about what other people will think, and then that, that really inhibits us, and that's that's why failure can 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 knock people out. But you're saying yeah. it, it sounds like your connection with your focus on kids and, uh, you know, have, ha- it helps you tune into those, the healthy mindset of, uh, that kids have about a lot of things. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's become so, so, so you're in, sorry, you're in college and you're, it took you a while to get in. What were you studying? Psychology. Psychology. Okay. Got it. And you got your degree, your undergrad in, like, in psychology. And then, yeah. and then a few years later, I went back to school for my master's in counseling. Uh-huh. And that also took a while to get in. I'm not the brightest. I tried, applied, applied again, applied again. I think it was four times, maybe. Well, this is it. in the meantime, in between school or while you're in undergrad, how are you? 
you're living at home, you're you're doing so entrepreneurs. I, so so I got I got married when I was like 21. Okay. Um, I had several different positions. I worked at a hospital doing research. I worked at a food manufacturer, architect company, real estate. I've been around I've been around the block, as they say. Um, what did you pick up from those experiences? That was that was that. It was good to get a, a foot into all of those different areas. And, yeah, because the, the, the food manufacturing, my boss was a crazy lunatic, but it was a good experience, you know. Definitely in terms of manufacturing processes, you know, mm-hmm. operations. Um, the architect company I worked for is more of a detail-oriented type of job, so I got a little bit more understand detail. When I worked at Columbia, it was very much. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It was more of like a t- collaborative team, like how to work with people in different areas. We had people in Israel, New York, and other places collaborating and working with them as a team was definitely very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm saying every place you go, there's always things that you could take, you know, and learn, and you know, there's never a lost opportunity. Even though, even though if you leave or whatever, you know, moving on, it's definitely. Definitely a good to keep your options open, you know, uh-huh. in terms of what you can take from and just like, okay, you leave the bad, but take all the good because there's so much good you can take out of any situation, wherever you are, you know, even though I, even though I think people ask me, like I, I help people find jobs. That's part of kind of the chesed that I do for people. Last year, I placed people around $3.7 million in salaries just for the chesed, just for this chesed of it. Um, and oftentimes, like people are in a company, like they're not liking it, and they're, they're miserable. But there's so much good you can learn, so much connections you can make, so many things you can take with you to the next place, which you shouldn't really. You should you should focus on all the good stuff. Uh-huh. So you know. Did you know when you were going into school for for therapy for for psychology and then for counseling, you knew at the beginning of your of your I guess academic career that you were going to go you're going to help kids you that's that's what you yeah. wanted yeah. So how did was, you know, when, where did that start from like what at the, working with kids I, I think that, when I, I think when I was 14 I started working at a camp and I was responsible for a kid who has who was uh who was diagnosed with ADHD so I think that really propelled my interest in kids my father's a teacher with kids so I've been around you know, that kind of environment, and I would like it. I mean, you know, like people ask me, like, so why don't you work with adults or teenagers or, or, or whatever I think? I said, it's just too complicated. <laughs> it's just too complicated. Give me a three, four, five, six-year-old. Not much, you know, just raw and authentic, you know? I don't need someone who's 30 years old that has a whole history of God knows what. It's just too complicated for me, you know? Ah, uh, okay. Like kids, it's just a more of a, like, I just get it, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I remember working at a clinic and oftentimes when you have to, when you're doing your internship and externship stuff, you know, they throw everything at you. They throw the whole kitchen sink at you, all the kinds of patients. And for me, and for me, it was like, I want kids and only kids. I don't care if you're going to give me other patients. I don't care if you're going to give me um, all kinds of things. I'm only seeing kids. I made it very clear. Like I know, I'm not, I know, I'm not the regular. Like I want to work with kids, so give me all kids. You know. Uh-huh. One of my clinical director said to her staff, "If you ever have any issues with any kid clients, 
Just talk to David. He talks kid language. Ah. <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing a theme here. I'm seeing everything with the with the play with the yeah, I see how how it's coming together. Okay, so so tell me, after the after the um grad school, right? And you have you have your specialty, is that what it's called? Yeah, special yeah, in, in yeah. kid therapy in child yeah, therapy? Play, play therapy. Yeah. Play therapy. So what is what is play? Like let's say a kid comes in with what kind of issues? Usually kids come in with some behavior issues, self esteem, mm-hmm. um anxiety. Um for the run of the mill, that's kind of what I see. I don't see any type of complicated cases for the most part. P did you do P P uh, S T? Post traumatic post traumatic like trauma, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Trauma, but it's definitely a, it's definitely uh emotionally exhausting those kind of cases. But typically people come to me that are that are more or less around anxiety, depression, self esteem, family, mm-hmm. school issues, bullying. That kind of that kind of work. So what what's the process of therapy, without giving away all the trade secrets? <laughs> Not that everybody can just listen to you and then go into it. No, I saw people. You could go to YouTube and just YouTube if you want. Yeah, do you have videos? Um, I yeah, like to say I like to say the the therapy is what changes what changes the child is the relationship. I provide that environment for the kid to thrive because I believe the kid has it in them to overcome anything. They're, they're ingrained with the capability and I'm there to provide that environment so they can utilize those things inside them to figure things out, to get over anxiety, to become more self-esteem, you know, to make sense of what's going on in the world. And that's kind of what I, what I am in terms of in a playroom. Mm -hmm. How does does that work? Like a kid, a kid is, is anxious about something. So you give them a toy to play with and and while they're playing, you talk to them, you give like, to, to break it down into simple forms. Yeah. For this conversation, there's two types of play therapy typically. There's one directive and one child-centered. Okay. Directive is, I'm telling the kid what to do. I mean, I'm, I have an agenda of what I want to work on with the kid. That's directive. Child-centered is more like, I'm following the child's lead. Mm-hmm. So wherever the child goes, I dance along with him or her. I'm more, tra- I'm, I'm child-centered. I'm not directive. So wherever the child goes, if he doesn't play, he doesn't play, you know, sometimes the kids just stand in the room and just stand there for 40 minutes. And it's fine by me. I could sit and quiet and I could, I could talk to them and we could, it's good for me. I don't, I don't need the kid to actually play uh-huh. in order to have that relationship with, to help, to help him or her. So basically you're using the uh, very, very like simplified, using the play as a way to get them to open up and talk to you. And once they open up and talk to you, but the play itself right. is the, the play itself is the work that kids do. Explain. Because they're projecting onto their world uh-huh. what's going on, what they're working on, and really, I'm there as as someone that supports them, someone that pays attention to them, someone that's encouraging in ways, you know. Uh-huh. Where that you know, I had a I had a child once. She was three years old, and she was bitten by a dog. And she had post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Three, four. And she used to come to the playroom and play with dolls, toys, but 
dog stuff, you know? And then she changed over a course of a couple you, of... Did you plant dog stuff in the room to, to make well, her... I have dog stuff anyway. I'm saying yeah, just, but anyway, of course, why not? She picked it, yeah. <laughs> and then over a course of a couple of weeks, she changed her play to taking care of the dolls and the babies. Mm. And as a recurrent type of theme, I call it, the change in the play from dogs to taking care of babies and nursing them and feeding them or not. And I asked the parents, is anything, I'm just curious, anything different changed from what we're working on to something else? And they said to me, she's gotten very better, she's gotten very, she's gotten better with the non being scared of the dogs. But we noticed also she's not beating up her little baby's brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what I've seen by taking care of a baby and nurturing them. Mm-hmm. So she went herself to a place where she had to go and work on things and figure it out, you know? Mm. So, so the kids, but but a kid has toys at home, typical kid has toys at home, right? Right. So, like, I don't get it. Uh, I'm, I'm providing a little bit more therapeutic to a kid. I, I mean, I go into detail, but it's a little bit... Yeah, technical. Know? Technical. Yeah. Um, the way I respond to them, the way I, the way I do things in, in a session... Uh-huh. It's definitely a little bit more therapeutic than playing, but playing with toys is definitely good too. You know, okay. I can't, I can't <laughs> pretend like I understand, but that's uh, I, we can't get too technical in, in this conversation. Yes. <laughs> but no, I mean, like I, I, I kind of contradicted myself because we, we were talking about how play is play for its own purpose, and you're not trying. The play is not getting you to your agenda to getting like heal you from anxiety, but you're gonna like use the play itself to let the child heal him or herself. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Somehow. I mean, Somehow. I'd have to see how it works, right? <laughs> okay, so so this is are you are you starting your going back in a time to however many years ago that was? How many years ago was that? Like twenty years ago? Well, working with kids? They, yeah, when you started that when you you got your master's degree and you started working with, with kids. I, I got my work. master's in maybe twelve years ago. Okay. So you start then you started this practice? Then I started my practice, yeah. Okay, got it. And I mean, officially, I've worked with kids all my life and certain, dis- you know, I've worked in specialized camps, different types of hospitals, so different clinics, but more on my own. It was more like after I graduated. Right. It was more official. Okay. When did you start the Chesed with helping people find jobs? That's been, I don't know, it's going back a long time, maybe 15, 20 years. Uh-huh. And if it, I, now I did, we didn't talk about this part, but a lot of a, a major part of your day and your week is is your posting your musings on your WhatsApp status, yeah. and that's and I know you're using that to help people find jobs that people people who need right. to fill a position they reach out to you, right? Yeah, I mean I probably get between 100 calls a week about 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 job placement. Yeah, from people like that are looking to fill positions or people or or both. looking for both both, both both ends, which is great because then you're the shot you you connect the two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. It. You know, people say I got you number from so and so. You help people with jobs. I get maybe text messages, calls. I mean, I call everybody back. You know, right. it's kind of you know. But uh, yeah, it's just you know, I, I like to think the Rambam, like the highest level of tzedakah, is getting someone a job and letting them be on their own. Mm-hmm. So if I could go out to the max, I go for the top. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's so my, before uh, before WhatsApp, how did you that that was just networking with uh you, you let yeah, you helped I, somebody how did that start? How, yeah, wow, see, what be, was the before first, before yeah. what before I realized what WhatsApp is about two years ago, 
I don't know if you realize, but there's something called a telephone where people would pick up a telephone and call. Ah. I know, I know it's a foreign concept, but I still do that. You know, nothing changed. <laughs> How did it start? Where, where did it start? What was the first uh, job you helped somebody land? I don't know. It goes back years, like 15, 20 years. Like, you can't remember? You got a photograph from memory. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> detail on everything, but there's definitely, you know, hospital settings. I mean, any any field, like any field, anywhere you want, you know, for the most part. In the United States, I'm not too, I'm not well connected in Israel or any other countries yet, you know, but it's, it's definitely, uh, like people know, like you want a job, just, and I have one requirement. If you want a job, you want me to help you, I'll help you. You just have to do one thing. You have to pick up the phone and call me. Uh-huh. No, no messages, no messages, no. That's simple. You know, I'm not a paper pusher. Don't just like, okay, I'll send you my resume. No, no. Mm-hmm. I got to know you as a person. I got to know like what you're capable of, what you're good at, you know? Right. I got to understand you from a, you know, on a personal level, not just like, okay, I'm another paper pusher. Like, here's my resume. Send it out to everybody and your grandmother to know. I don't do that, you know? So how did, how did you get into... Once you have your therapy practice and you're, you're already doing helping people find jobs from long before that, and you're already doing some entrepreneur, but how did, how did the, the entrepreneurship turn into something more solid? Like the, the business, you, you talked about the, a little bit about how you got in the manufacturing business, yeah, um, but- the other stuff, the, the, the coaching, the consulting, like how did that, how did that start? Project, project um, consulting. The, the coaching worked because I offer people advice and it became, People were just calling me for like different things, what to do in terms of our business, who to reach out to. Then I decided, okay, let's just make this a little bit more official instead of unofficial. So I did mentoring for people with different businesses. Um, I've been doing that for many years. And only recently I did decide to do more, a little bit more official because I got too busy. Mm-hmm. Like I, don't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't help everybody, even though I'm only one person. So if you really want my help, I'll help you, but then you have to pay for it, you know? Uh, at what point do you do you turn the switch? If it's like here and there, they want some advice, like, what do you think for this? Or you know anybody, fine. But they want me to like really come in and help them and on a consistent basis, then you got to pay me for it. I'm just, I just don't have the time, you know? Uh-huh. And I find that people who are committed, go for it, you know? Yeah. And and for the most part, Baruch Hashem, I deliver. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did, and this this partnership with with Rachel was that her idea or your idea? No. I think we, I think she saw me on LinkedIn and we started schmoozing and we started okay let's let's see how we can work together. We we do we we have a good it, it works very well. Like she's very much she's more heavy on the mindset and uh, and the vision, mm-hmm. which is very good. I'm more on the I'm more on the operations, the systems, the ideas, the creating more value for your business. Um, and we work very well. I'm saying that seems like a good, a good uh, collaborative work environment. So how would, how would people, people who are reaching out to you or, or to, are they reaching out to you initially or to her initially? And you just, you, you, either way, either way. But you find a way to, so you take a project. Somebody says, I want, I have a project. I want you to give me a license in California and Florida, right? Are you that's, working that's with a, her? That, no, that's more me. If she, if people want more like coaching on their business and 
uh-huh. on a longer, on a, on a, on a three month, six month type of thing. Uh-huh. That's something that me and Rachel would do. Got it. Okay. Very good. And now tell me, tell, tell me more about the, um, okay. We didn't get into the, uh, the, the WhatsApp status See, is, I told you, I told you it's just loaded, loaded question. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a lo- it's great. No, I <laughs> like, like it. people, I status, my status operates like a tweet. Whatever's on my mind, it's going on. You know, it's just, it is what it is, you know, like, and then again, no two, no two statuses are anything related to each other. It could be like another thought, like 30 seconds later, you know? How do you, uh, the, the thing is, I want to talk about the, the parenting advice that you put into there too. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about that now before I forget it. So you have, is it for, coming from your working with kids over the years and your own kids, right? You have yeah. certain insights into, into what it means to be a, a devoted parent and, and, and yeah. not being distracted. So you talk a little bit about that and what, what, how that started. And um, the parenting advice came from really my own work with kids and my own kids as well. I'm just like, it's very practical advice. You know, like one thing I do pretty often is I write my kids notes and they're teenagers though. Like, Okay. Your oldest, your yeah. old, your youngest is a teenager. No, they're both teenagers. My kids. Oh, you have two kids. Girl. Two teenagers. Boy and okay. girl. Yeah. 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 But I still write them notes, you know. And I'm very, and I put, I push it a lot on my status that notes and just take, right. you know. And people, people wrote notes to their kids. People started things, and not only that, their kids writing them notes. It's a, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice thing when you get like, you know, I like to say, inspiration without action is a waste. Uh-huh. Take inspiration and do something about it. And you'll see results, you know? And then some parents say, my kids don't read yet. I said, you can make a smiley face. You can make a heart. You can take a picture. There's so many things you can do, you know? Right. Somebody can read it to your kids and if they know it yeah. from you. Yeah. Right. I get it. Okay. So it's more like, it's more like practical, like simple, like straight to the point parenting things that the small, small things can make a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, if you continue doing it, you know, like I have a pet peeve. I have a very big pet peeve of mine. If I'm going somewhere or a meeting or going out to eat and people are on their phone, it's like a big turn off. Uh-huh. You know, I went once with my daughter recently to a restaurant to eat and um, there was a family there, the mother and father and the daughter. The father had two phones. The mother had one. I think they were, I think the father was on a phone calls and different that. I'm like looking at them. <laughs> my daughter leaned over. He says, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, I'll probably go for them. Like, come on. Like, seriously, you got to eat, put away your phones. You know? Did you, do you ever see, um, do you ever check how many people are looking at the WhatsApp status typically? Once in a while. I'm saying I'm probably by a thousand maybe by now. Uh-huh. And I know you're looking to expand. So uh, we're going to put in the, uh, can we put in the show notes uh, the, sure, yeah, the link to? Yeah, sure, it's no problem. Okay, very good. We'll put we'll put that link in there. It's very. I found it very valuable in a lot of things. Like uh, I was I was showing you that I was I left on a trip recently and um, going to be long for more longer than I ever had been. And so I, I wrote notes to my you know yeah, inspired, nice. inspired by Shatsy. Wrote notes to my notes to my kids and they they appreciated it. Um, nice. <laughs> so so David, tell me. Um, did you ever think about a, di- a different platform for that, like a different social media, or it's just going to stay I on WhatsApp? About, I thought about going to Twitter. Uh huh. Yeah, but you, done, you haven't done it. You haven't no. done it. Yeah. There's probably some kind of software where you could you could do both at the same time, right? 
No, no, I can just I can post whatever I post and put it on Twitter. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, you just copy it. Yeah, okay. got it. Because it does it does operate like that. It's like yeah. whatever's on my it's like I'm whatever's on my mind. It's you know. Does your stuff get make it make your way onto other platforms anyway? Because people, people some people screenshot? some people some people share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah people share it. It's, um, but whatever I say, but it's 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 good stuff, you know. This is totally out of order, but but tell me, you got involved with with more 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 involved with Hasidus when you're around eighteen. How did, did you? But you can now consider yourself to be Chabad, correct? Yeah. Okay, so how did that like? Is that is there anything to say about that transition and uh, any any insights stories? Um, I think my I think my father though became religious through Chabad. Okay. So there's definitely some influence there. My grandparents, my grandparents lived in Kranites. They weren't Lubavitch, but they lived there. Okay. So I was always there. I was there often. I visited often. Mm-hmm. So I was around. I was always around that kind of learning. And I guess by osmosis, I became more interested in it. And you live in Crown Heights now? No, no. I live in I live in Flatbush, but I'm saying my grandparents oh. lived there. I visited okay. them often. Yeah. I was around. You know, I was around. I was around that area. You know. Uh huh. Okay. I think that it was a kind of a a natural s- transition, I guess, because I was kind of involved with, you know. But you don't you don't have that uh, that high school uh, experience of going to France and Argentina and uh, <laughs> and being all around the world and, <laughs> no, no, no. No, and the mitzvahim of Erev Shabbos. No, no your, your son your son does that. I don't know that but yeah. yeah. I mean, I also put on film on people sometimes, you know. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You carry it around with you to work or wherever you're going. No, if I know, I know, I know a few people that I go and put it on sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very nice. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just learning Hasidus, um, change, I guess affected me in a way where I don't get depressed about the past. I don't get nervous about the future. Mm-hmm. I just live in the moment. And right now, and every moment, God's creating the world anew. And what was, you messed up, whatever you did, it was past. This is a whole new beginning. So why not take advantage of it? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. How do you manage all of the things you have going on, uh, plus the constant uh, stream of stream of consciousness that we're, that we're seeing throughout the day on, on, on WhatsApp? But uh, how do you uh, departmentalize? I told, I told, yeah, I, I told you that. I told you that the, that second question. Like, how do you do it all? Yeah, like you don't you don't have a schedule. You have a schedule. I mean, you, when somebody needs therapy, that the, your time oh, is yeah. committed. Yeah, sure. You have to, you have hours that are for therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's every day. That's every day except for Shabbos. No, right? during, during the week and Sundays usually my yeah. Uh, and it's, after, it's a block of time. School, well, kids are in school most of the day, so right. I'm not there. And then after school, like you know, so one or two nights, and Sunday I see kids. So after afternoons and nights. Yeah. Uh huh. And, or sometimes, sometimes before school, but mostly after school. So most of your is most of your day taken up with the helping people find jobs and the counseling and the and I mean sorry the consulting, and is is it hopping back and forth from this thing to that thing, all the time? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty active in terms of the day. Like uh-huh. I have to I carve out specific time of day working on specific things. I do okay. also have a full time job, so that's most Which of it, my not the not the. The, the kid therapy, not the play therapy. Not, not the play therapy. My oh, you didn't full, tell us about this, though. No? My full time job. I did. My full you did? Time, I missed it. It was, it was too much stuff going on. <laughs> my full time job is I'm director of business development. 
Oh, for right. an education company. That's the full time job. Okay, got it. Right. That's the uh, but that's job. flexible also. But I, you know, it's work. You know. And that children's education, they're selling they're they're selling educational materials to schools. Services, services. Educational services, which means what? Like special education services, like you know, P three teachers, um, tutors, mentors. So for kids. Coordinating the the right personnel for special education across the country. Yeah, of course, nice. Of course, New York. Across New York, okay. Yeah, but, but you said have, you're, bre- you're breaking into other right, states as well. But they have well. businesses in Arizona. They have businesses in New Jersey. So I help also with that line of business as well. Uh huh. But in that, in that, you say how many hours a day is 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 taken up with that? I'm here at nine nine to five, nine thirty to five. Nine to five in an office. For the most part. But you can jump. You can jump to other things in the meantime because somebody needs a job now and they reach out to you and the, they call I you. I am. I like. I like to say I'm the master delegator. Uh huh. I'll delegate as much as I need to. I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll. I'll. I don't care. I don't need control at all. Like I don't need to be the smartest person in the room either. Just get it done. Uh uh-huh. Is there anything that in in there in your full time job? Is there anything that needs you? Yeah, and then there's some things, aspects that need me, like, you know, creating different processes, figuring things out, writing, uh-huh. you know, working with clients and interviewing people and, and so forth, you know, writing uh-huh. grants. Okay. You know, business development, you know. Writing grants, I'm sure that's that's something you delegate, no? But the, part of the, it, part the, of it, I'm saying. The big picture. <laughs> part, of it, part of it, I do, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, imagine. In between, in between that, I'm statusing it. I'm like, you know. Wow, I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine. I'm. I'm trying to. Uh, what I'm trying to do, if I if I get distracted, I'll, I'll forget what I'm trying to do. <laughs> get to turn the notifications off. Um. So let me ask you, what? Where are you going with? Like, what is your? What would you like to see yourself doing that you're not doing now? Let's start with that. Before I ask more more questions, but even that question doesn't make sense because I'm the I'm the epitome of purposelessness. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just having fun doing me now. Uh-huh. Where, where I'm gonna be in five years, I have no idea. What am I aspiring to? I just want to enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm open to opportunities. Anything comes my way, I'll, I'll take a look at it. If it makes sense, yeah. If not, not. You know. Right. Yeah. But I've no I've no. I have no crazy aspirations, like you know. Okay, I want to go to the moon. Fine, but that's the, that's a little bit, you know. You want to go to the moon? You want to be on the SpaceX? You want to do try that? I want to go on the moon. I want to go on the moon. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just to, to to float. You can float without going to the moon. You know. No, I want to go on the moon. Okay, the the moon itself. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm saying I'm 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 just just doing what I'm doing. You know, just having fun, helping people. And continue what I'm doing, you know, not, uh, you know. Yeah, Dave, it's going to take, to go to the moon, like, you're serious about that. Like, it's, that's going to take some planning, you know. That's going to take, like, like, what's going to take to get there? You know? A couple of dollars. Not going to happen by itself. No, I would have to, I need a couple of, a couple of shekels. A couple, <laughs> couple of dollars. But, uh, yeah. Very good. Okay. So, David, since our audience, I forgot to tell you this at the beginning, but our audience is the target audience of, of our tribe is mainly the students of the podcast fellowship, which is reaching out to, to Jewish, uh, young adults that are coming from all kinds of Jewish backgrounds, um, not necessarily having any Jewish education. What would you say as, as a Jew, um, who's very involved with in, in giving over inspiring messages and reminding people what's important about the relationships and 
living in the moments and every, anything you haven't said yet. Do you have a Do you have a message that you want to that that you that you think is uniquely yours that you'd like to to give over to a larger audience, an audience that hasn't really heard from you yet? I think that that line that I said before. Don't get depressed about the fa- past. Mm-hmm. Don't get nervous about the future. Just live now. Beautiful. Not to get bogged down by stuff that passed already, things that you can't control in the future. Just whatever's in front of you, you know? Live it. Both, both spiritually and, you know, materialistically, you know? Because you messed up or you did something wrong in the past doesn't mean you should think yourself you're good for nothing, you know? Like that moment passed already. There's a whole new moment God's creating right now. Like there's so much opportunity now. Because often, yeah, yeah, oftentimes ahead. people get can get so depressed and so miserable and so like downtrodden when they start thinking about things in the past and worrying about things in the future. But yeah, it's not even... It's not here or there, you know. Can I can I put? I want to push back a little bit. Of this there's this there's this idea. I don't know if it's understood. Definitely definitely misunderstood. There's an idea of of repenting of of teshuva, right? So teshuva. Are you saying that you should that somebody messes up like really royally messes up, and there's something that needs to be fixed there? Like we're talking about, let's say, with another sure. person, with another person, or even in your relationship to God. Like once sure. you're once you're aware of that relationship. I'm, so, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, I know where you're going with this. I'm not a Bucky. I'm, it's my bet. My mind keeps going too fast, but I'm not a Bucky and Tanya. But if I recall, at that moment where you are right now, that you messed up and it was past whatever. Right now, when you're getting depressed about it, when you're feeling bad about that, what you did 10 minutes ago. That's the problem. You're getting depressed now about it because that's going to influence you your whole day, your whole next, whatever you're going to do next. There's a time and place to feel charata and to do tshuva. But right now, in that moment where you are right now, now is not the time to be depressed. You want to set yourself up a time at night. I want to take an hour out of my day and I want to have do tshuva and you know, whatever, however that looks like for you, do that at that specific time that you carved out for yourself. Don't waste time during the day, during your life. Now you're looking back, I'm depressed about that, or I feel bad about that, or I have to do tshuva. But at that moment, you're you're creating a new. Set yourself up a time and a place, and you can just take care of what you need to take care of that tshuva and however way you do that. Does that come from Tanya, that you're, what you're saying? I, yeah, I think so. Some aspect of that. I'm not, not uh-huh. worth it, but that concept, yeah. Beautiful. Okay, thank you for the helpful advice. David, I have to thank you for for your time and for sharing your world with us, opening up. I think I'll, I, I know that the yeah, the unlocking the Shatsi Hak is how, is how you like to... Shatsi Hak, that's a good one. But uh, hopefully we spent a lot of time here unlocking, and I think a lot of people will be interested because um, because you're... A mysterious figure, and uh, <laughs> and you we we now got to to meet you face to face. So it's 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 refreshing, and and I love what you're saying, in so many ways, and I what you've done. And I hope uh, you know it's going to be an inspiration to a lot of people. So thank That's you very true. very much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, that's, that's good. 
just listened to another great episode of Our Tribe, the podcast, brought to you by the Podcast Fellowship and hosted by Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Tune in each week every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time to hear more great episodes of Our Tribe, the podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, email us at ourtribe at podcastfellowship.org. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help the tribe thrive.